0: Hey everyone, my name is Austin Killian,
1: and I'm Andrew Harper,
0: and we're both pastors at First Baptist Church in Cleveland. Welcome to the Exiles Podcast, where we talk about life, doctrine, hot topics, and all things badness from a gospel-centered point of view. How you doing, Andrew? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, You met with Forrest today. I did. For those of you who remember, Forrest was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and um, Andrew met with him and Forrest didn't even invite me. And for those of you who don't know, that's a big deal because Forrest is only friends with Andrew and I'm his brother.
1: I did invite you, but stipulations of you coming to be with us was that you were going to have to read the book that we were reading and you were not a fan of that. So sorry.
0: Okay. Changing topics. (laughs) Um, Andrew, I was thinking about this this morning. Do you watch any movies on Netflix
1: um, I watched one last night, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like brand new. What do you watch? Uh, it was a war movie.
0: Oh, it can't be named.
1: It was called. It was actually called think, the Forgotten Battle or something like that. It's just come out. What's it about? It was about the battle uh, to free the Netherlands. Um, uh, there was like this port.
0: I bet Mel Gibson was in this.
1: No, it was not. Actually, the uh, what's the guy's name? The guy, is it Draco on Harry Potter in the movies? Like the, um, the, the, the character that plays like uh, the, the the mean kid that, that's always after Harry. Oh, the Draco uh, the, pale, the
0: really pale guy yes. that looks like a vampire. So he yeah. plays
1: uh, a, one of the pilots for the British military um, in the movie. And I was like, that guy looks like, oh, it's a Harry Potter guy. <laughs> and I was like, which one is he? he was the bad guy. So I was like putting all these pieces together, but there's a part of it where like, if you're an actor and you're in England, like there's always so many of you, like it's like they get passed around and all kind of different things. Like you show up and like everything. everything, it's like Harry Potter has been in 14 different English films and everybody's like, yeah, that's the Harry Potter guy. Like once you do seven movies of the same thing, like that's, that's what you are.
0: Dude. You know what? Unpopular opinion, Harry Potter. Well, I say unpopular opinion, Growing up, I was always told you, don't watch Harry Potter. <laughs> Not by my parents, but just by people. Sure. Like Christians, they were like, don't watch Harry Potter. That's witchcraft. We don't support witchcraft. But let me tell you, Harry Potter's a good movie. It's a great movie. Really a great yeah, great storyline. They're fantastic. Um, well, the reason why I brought that up is because I have a favorite series on Netflix. Oh, really? But it has to be watched with VidAngel.
1: Oh, okay. So you know what VidAngel is? It kind of keeps all the cussing and stuff like that out of
0: it. Yeah. Well, okay. So VidAngel, and this is good information for you out there. Uh, VidAngel is an app that uh, filters uh, all the things that you don't want to see. So think: hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And can right? you set that like? On yeah. The app? So like you oh, can okay. like you can get on the app and you can say I I don't want I don't want the the show to cuss at all. And that show on Netflix won't cuss. It'll just bleep it out. Mm-hmm. It won't like it won't like beep, but like it'll like just I feel skip like over like there's like a one.
1: whole lot of like programming that has to go into something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a, that seems pretty. It even like goes so deep into
0: tell you like how many times a particular episode will cuss. Wow. But it's not just, but for this one, it's not necessarily cussing. But it does. It also like, if you don't want to see nude scenes, if you don't want to see kissing, if you don't want to see any you of can that, set all those perimeters. Yeah, and what it does, it just skips over the scene. Oh, and and basically, you know, the reality is, is that nothing is taken away from a storyline when those oh, scenes yeah, are taken yeah, yeah, out. Sure, you know, like sure. and so, it just just pops up you in can the still other see scene. What's going on. Yeah, on and you know exactly what happened. The but yeah. the point is, is that VidAngel is a great app that you can use, but. That's the point of the app. So it's you make the show. You need VidAngel, but it's really good. It's called The Last Kingdom. Have you seen it?
1: No, I think I've, I have seen it like while I'm scrolling and looking for things. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't seen it.
0: So The Last Kingdom is about this guy, and, it, and it's 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 not it's not an accurate story, but it is about his story. People, mm. so like Uhtred of Bettenberg. He's so it's a, based.
1: It's like fiction, but it's based on historical events.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. and, like, and there's and there's historical people in it. Right. Um I can't. King Alfred is in it. Um, like historical fiction. Yeah. Um, but Uhtred of Bettenberg, and he has a reputation in history of being like a great warrior. But mm. but in this particular case, he his father uh, died at war and in in a battle, and his son uh in the moment of that battle, tried to avenge him, but the the enemy instead of killing Utred adopted him hmm. and brought him into the family well Uhtred uh always wanted to go back and reestablish his father's kingdom, but he grew up a dane and um so he was he had like this vicious side of him, but he also um after a while grew- grew up in um I actually can't remember the name of it, the place now. But anyways, he grew up in like a very um, pagan society, but okay. also the other half of his life was spent in um, in religion and stuff like that. And so he has this constant divide. But but as he goes out to the show, he's gathering people from both the Danes and the religious. The, side. the, the religious. I think it's just Europeans. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think so. That's fair. But he's gathering people from. Both a, b- for both groups. And the ultimate goal uh, in the series is for him to go back to the land that he lost originally and reestablish himself as king.
1: Mm, to bring a new kingdom to bear.
0: Yeah. In the land. Which brings okay. us right to where we are today. Which is... In the Baptist Faith and Message, we're talking about the, the kingdom.
1: King. Not hey, just any kingdom. That? The kingdom of God. <laughs> Not Uhtred or whatever his name Yeah, is, not kingdom. Uhtred. Not U- his kingdom. At the end of the day,
0: Uhtred doesn't have the last kingdom. No, he doesn't. That's Uhtred true. loses. Netflix
1: doesn't win that that kingdom.
0: Get wrecked, Uhtred. That's right. <laughs> Jeez, what? <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had to throw that out there because of the last episode. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Oh, my gosh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. I will
1: say I'm glad that the Baptist Faith and Message puts this in there. Um, Like, you, I mean, there had to be, like, at some point, I bet whenever they're working on this, and I need to actually do some research on how it was actually completely... I know Herschel Hobbes has a lot to do with it, especially in the 60s. I think the 1964 edition. 63. 63, my bad, my bad. But Herschel Hobbes is a pretty big uh, Mm -hmm. player in that uh, establishment of of the 63 Baptist Faith and Message. But... You can imagine, like having a bunch of Baptist pastors, like getting together and like seminary professors and things mm-hmm. like that, being like, "Hey, this should be in there. Hey, this should be in there. Hey, this should be in there," and then for them to be able to narrow it down to the things that we have, yeah, uh, and for them to come away with the kingdom of God being in there. I'm I'm glad that they included that. Well, it
0: makes sense when you think about like the um, the establishment of the cooperation program, mm-hmm. and we are in cooperation with one another for the sake of the mission of God, the Great right. Commission. And so right. I think that we have to have a proper understanding of the kingdom if oh, we're actually sure. going to uh, like make a kingdom difference here.
1: Yeah, we have to be kingdom-minded right. to think about cooperation with other people, not just our kingdom or our specific church right. in our area, but what can we do collectively um, for the kingdom of God in the kingdom of God.
0: You mentioned the 1963 version. I was reading an article earlier... Um. This this morning, and it actually said that the you know there's a lot of change between the 1963 oh, yeah, Baptist sure. Faith and Message and the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message. Right. I mean, some of it rightfully so. I mean, it needed to be changed.
1: Yeah, things need to be updated. Things yeah. have changed in culture that needs to be addressed theologically.
0: But this this particular article was pretty identical to. The 1963 version. Nice, okay. So they didn't change. So we can thank Herschel change. for that in some ways. Yeah, there Thanks, you go. Thanks, Herschel. Appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, he'll give it, is he? Is he alive?
1: No, he's not. I was about to say so he, maybe he was, he'll give uh, us a shout out. No, I have a friend. He who's won't doing, be shouting us out. No, he will not. <laughs> Definitely not. He was the longtime pastor at First Baptist Church, Oklahoma City, um, and was on. I think he either he had like a like a news hour or like an hour during a certain syndicated radio Mm -hmm. station where like it was called, I think it was called the power hour where they preached.
0: Yeah. The Um, power hour. Yeah.
1: So I have a good friend who's doing his PhD in preaching and he's focusing on Herschel Hobbes. Mm. Um, But that he is very formative in Baptist life, especially in the 60s, 50s, 60s and 70s.
0: Wasn't the power hour or is the hour of power? Hour of power. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Wasn't that um, pushed by Billy Graham, right?
1: I think it might have been, yeah. Okay. But he appeared on there quite a lot.
0: All right. Let's jump into this. All right. The kingdom. Uh, Article 9 of the Baptist Faith Message, it says, The kingdom of God includes both his general sovereignty over the universe and his particular kingship over men who willfully acknowledge him as king. Particularly the kingdom is the realm of salvation into which men enter by trustful, childlike commitment to Jesus Christ. Christians ought to pray and to labor that the kingdom may come and God's will be done on earth. The full consummation of the kingdom awaits the return of Jesus Christ and the end of the age. Andrew, what's your thoughts? All right, so... I kind of broke
1: it up into these four different phrases, and so I think um, I want to just take the first one. This idea where it says the kingdom of God includes both the general sovereignty over the universe and His particular kingship over men who willfully acknowledge Him as King. Um, and I think when we think about the kingdom of God, we we have to kind of begin where where it all begins uh, in Genesis one one, when the kingdom really is. Created, mm-hmm. uh, Genesis 1, we're introduced to a God who creates everything. Um, and we see that in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. And I think this is obviously the beginning of him creating his kingdom. Uh, and I think one way for us to think about the kingdom is God's people and God's place under God's reign. And really, at the end of Genesis 2, that's what we see. Uh, we see God has created a, a place that he is sovereign and control over um, and he has created his people to dwell and be a part of that kingdom. Um, and so that universe, even though it's corrupted today because we have Genesis 3, he still exercises, this, what, what the Baptist with the Message points out as his general sovereignty over the universe. That even though there's, there's times when it doesn't look like God is in control, or there's evil happening, there's different things going on in the world, where it doesn't seem as if God is still over this, this kingdom that he's made, we can rest assured that he is. Um, we can believe that he still has sovereignty over the things that are going on, even in this crazy universe. And then it goes into this this area of his particular kingship over men who willfully acknowledge him as king. Um, Colossians 1.13 kind of points to this perspective. It says, "...he has rescued us, believers, from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption and forgiveness of sin." I think what we're getting at here in this Colossians passage is that even though God has sovereignty over 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 this kingdom, all of creation, there is a new reality of how to be a part of this kingdom that God is carrying out in the world because of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, and how Jesus creates a new access point for us to be a part of what God is doing in the world through this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven that that Jesus talks about. Uh, in the Gospels, um, and so we see this idea: we're being rescued from the domain of darkness. So we were in this kingdom of darkness, this domain of darkness, not aware of God's kingship, not aware of God's love and mercy, not aware of God's wrath that was upon us. But yet
0: He's still King mm-hmm. over all the believer and the unbeliever. It's oh just yeah, an una- it's an unawareness when we don't believe.
1: Right, and and we're in this darkness. We're blind. Mm-hmm. We're 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 completely unaware of 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 first of, of God's sovereignty over us as we're lost. But then, as we become believers, we are transferred into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Mm. And, and there's this picture of this exchange that happens, that we exchange this darkness for light. Mm-hmm. And, and and the way that Jesus talks about it with Nicodemus in John 3, that we're born again. We're, we're given a new vision, a new perspective. We begin to look at the world afresh, like a baby. Uh, like, you know, when, when Micah was born... He's only able to see so much in front of him. As he grows older and older and older, his eyesight becomes clear. He begins to see things, hear things, put things together. And as you walk as a Christian, you begin to see, oh, God really is over this kingdom. God really has sovereignty. God really is working in ways that I've never seen before because I was in this domain of darkness.
0: I think I think one thing that that I, I like when I look at Colossians one thirteen, especially as it pertains to what you've been saying, is that there is an identity marker that there there was a time in which we identified ourselves with the darkness, or so we identified ourselves in that domain, and so. Um, to Can I put it simply, like we are by our identity, as Paul would put it in Ephesians, children of wrath we were we were uh, all sin, fallen short of the glory of God, and so our mark on life was sin and death mm-hmm. and with this new kingdom and being transferred into this kingdom that God has brought through the redemption and forgiveness that Christ brings on the cross we have a new identity we've been made new and given a citizenship into this kingdom that we once did not hold before right and um i think with that comes i think it should come a great deal of of pride you know this past sunday i uh, had an opportunity to preach in romans uh, chapter 1 and but the week before that brad got to preach a little bit and i think that paul exemplifies like how a citizen ought to feel towards the kingdom and the kingdom advancing. And I, I just really liked Brad's point, and it was very clear in the text when you look at verses 14, 15, and 16 of Romans 1, that Paul felt obligated, eager, and unashamed of the gospel. Uh, he felt obligated and eager to share the gospel and unashamed of the gospel because mm-hmm. he believed it was the power of God into salvation. But I think that that is, in and of itself, a a, a, a mindset that is under the identity of the lordship and kingship of Jesus Christ, as you know,
1: right? There, there's a realization that comes um, when we place our faith in Jesus and we repent of our sins, that we are saved by Jesus, but we are are also to submit to mm-hmm. Jesus as the King uh, in this kingdom that we're now made aware of.
0: Before we move forward, I want to I want to read this quote real quick that I, I read from. Uh, uh, John uh, Paul, Paul Hill. Do you know, are you familiar with him? Mm-mm. Well, he, he wrote an article or he he wrote an article on this article right here. And and he said, in the Bible, God's kingdom does not refer so much to a place as it does to a rule. God's dominion over the lives of individuals is not a worldly kingdom. He pulls that out of John eighteen thirty six, And he says, hence for Matthew, the terms of um, kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are... Uh, synonymous, and so um, I, I think I like I like his distinction there that it's not as it's not just much of a place; it's as much as a, it's a it's a rule. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, and I think that Jesus in the Gospels makes that separation too. I think we see that in the topic of the Samaritan woman in John chapter four mm-hmm. when he talks about hey, the, you know, there's there's going to come a day where people aren't going to be worshiping in Jerusalem or worshiping in the mountains, or you know, they're going to be it's going to be by spirit and truth. Right. And I think that that's because we see the role of the kingdom of God in the people of God, not necessarily a particular place of God. Right,
1: and I think you see actually the, the transfer of that. There's a part of it where he is getting at this element that the place of, of the worship of God and, and the kingdom that was dwelling was in the temple. That's mm. where God's presence was. Right, And what Jesus is getting at is he's going to be wherever believers are. Mm. In a way, he's basically saying all over the earth— is now the place where my people will be and my reign will be established through them. Yeah. Um, he is through Christ's work on the cross, recapturing all of creation because there'll come a day where he will recreate all of creation mm. and all of that kingdom will be made, will be made right. And everyone will realize that Jesus is the king of the kingdom that
0: they've been a part of. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so um kind of moving on. I'm going to, do you want to go into the the realm of salvation, or do you want to go down into the next part?
1: Um,
0: so, well, the next phrase is particularly the kingdom is the realm of
1: salvation into which men, are enter, men enter by trustful childlike commitment to Jesus Christ. And I think we've already kind of covered this yeah. in a lot of ways in the first one, simply saying that uh, through salvation, because of what Christ has done, and, and in trustful childlike commitment to Jesus, we enter into this understanding of the kingdom through salvation. Yeah, Um, and I think that's really what that's getting to. But I think we can go on to the next section. Right,
0: but to kind of just put a verse to that, Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen. From then, from then on, Jesus began to preach, "Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near." And so there's this when when Jesus comes, he's not asking them to go to a particular place. He's asking them to repent and come to me. Like. He is the mark of the kingdom that is coming.
1: Mm-hmm. He is the access point to Yeah, the so
0: this childlike trust, this tri- this childlike commitment that we are giving is ultimately to Jesus Christ because he's the one we need to draw near to for salvation.
1: Right, we, we make a, uh, a a repentance, a turning from the way we're living yeah. to now become followers of Jesus, which also makes us citizens of the kingdom uh, and changes, like you said, our identity. It changes everything about about how we think, who we are, and how we live in, in the world.
0: Right. And so after that, after that part of the article, it kind of shifts into more of a personal application, mm-hmm. of how we ought to respond to the kingdom. And I really like this part that was added, because um, I, I guess I just wouldn't have thought about it. If it was me writing this, I probably wouldn't have thrown these words in there, but it makes sense. Christians ought to pray and to labor that the kingdom may come and God's will be done on earth. And I guess it's, it's obvious. It should be in there, right? Um, because we we want the kingdom to come and we want God's will to be done on earth. Um, I guess what I was thinking is like I would have pulled a lot of out of, out of Revelation when I talked about the kingdom. You know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have pulled much as much. Um, but I mean, Matthew is the would you call it the um, the gospel of the kingdom? Or yeah, I
1: think Matthew mentions the gospel of the kingdom or, or the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, fifty, 50 or more times yeah. uh, in that one gospel. It is you it's equivalent it. to like being two and a half times on every page oh, of, yeah. of, the, of the book of Matthew. I
0: didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So we get that out of, uh, out of the Lord's prayer, mm-hmm. right? That, that Jesus models for us that he, and the disciples came to him and they said, God Jesus, how should we pray? Jesus says, you can pray like this, our father in heaven, your name be honored as holy your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive the as we forgive our debtors, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But really focusing in there on verse 10 of Matthew 6, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, what is a practical application that we should be eager for this kingdom to come and we should be eager for the Lord's will to be done? on earth has, as he has established it in heaven.
1: Yeah, I think whenever we're getting to this idea, your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven, I think there's two things I want to kind of mention here. The first one is this idea of uh, of getting at what you were talking about, with the Samaritan woman, that there's not going to be a place and a time per se that we, we have to go here to worship God and to be about his presence. It's because of the spirit and the work of Christ, his presence is now with us. And so mm-hmm. we take him, to every place that we go. So when we go somewhere, we are a visible visible representation of the kingdom because we are God's person in God's place and his creation under God's reign because we've submitted our life to him. Mm. And Matthew 6, where this comes from, um, really comes after the beginning of what I think is the most accurate display of kingdom living, which is the Sermon on the Mount. I think for us to think as kingdom-minded believers, is for us to live out the ethics that Jesus portrays and teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. I think that's what he's getting at. I think he's saying this is what kingdom citizenship looks like, um, and this is how you are supposed to walk um, as a citizen of this new kingdom that I'm bringing to bear, uh, which we know, after, obviously, after his life, death, and resurrection, uh, we would have access to. Um, but he's giving them a foretaste of, hey, to be in the kingdom is to be like this mm. um, in the Sermon on the Mount.
0: And I think, so when we talk about that, um, we look back at the Sermon on the Mount, there's a lot of, there, I mean, there's a lot of lists that, that, that Jesus, or not lists, but there's a lot of things that Jesus says regarding our obedience to, you know, he talks about the topic of divorce, and he talks about the Beatitudes and and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think that there's also an aspect in which like, we have to see um, God's will being done and the kingdom coming uh, through our evangelism and the mission of the church, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, Matthew five doesn't necessarily talk about the advancement of the gospel through evangelism. It just more so talks about the obedience of a person.
1: So, like, I'm you not. Get to, you know, when you get to chapter five, you've got the first eleven verses of the Beatitudes. So blessed, report, in spirit, mourn, meek, hunger, and thirst for righteousness. You have all those. But then you get to 13, and it says, you are the salt of the earth. Oh, yeah. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? You are a lamp to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, so there are some kind of perspectives there of teaching that, hey, you're you're not to be someone who's a follower of Christ, living the kingdom life and doing it privately. Yeah. There is an element that he's saying... Um, you know verse 16 in the same way let your light shine for others so they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven I think mm. you can you can look at that passage and people have preached it as uh, you know an evangelical thrust of yeah. you sh- we should be evangelistic in our works and the way we live in the world I
0: don't know why I was thinking but I was thinking the um, the passage on salt and light uh, was later on in Matthew but I'm glad you brought that out mm-hmm. um <clears throat> yes yeah, right after the Beatitudes. But I mean, I think that that just goes to show that the, the the kingdom of God is not to be stagnant; it's to be advancing at all times. Like we, He is not come, He has come to overcome the world, you know. And right. so we need to be about overcoming the world with the gospel message and and, and inviting people into this this kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest I think, teachings of this section on the Sermon on the Mount is this exchange for legalism for heart change. Mm. He says, you know, you have heard it said do this, but I say this. Like I have heard it said, you know, don't don't murder, but I say don't hold, you know, bitterness and anger against your brother because you've already murdered him in your heart. And in, in a way he's a, he's advancing the morality and the ethics that we can just say, yeah, we're we're legalistic and we can do this outwardly and he's saying no, it's more than that. Yep. It's about your your affections, it's about where your heart is, and for you to be a real kingdom citizen is for you to start here yeah. and become transformed from the inside out, which is helpful because he's the only one that can do that. He's saying kingdom living is only possible through uh, through me, mm. what I think he's really getting at.
0: Well, let's get to our hope. I mean, it not only gives us application, but it also gives us hope in this article in the very last part, the full culmination of the kingdom awaits the return of Christ Jesus at the end of this age. Um, so there is coming a day that Jesus will return and all things will be made new. Like you said, he has come, he has established himself as king through his victory over death, but he will come again. And on that day when he comes, he will recreate and establish the kingdom that he has told us about in Matthew.
1: Right. He will, he will bring everything to be under his kingship in um, Imperfection, like he he will establish all of those things under his rule. Um, in reality, even though there's they're they're not necessarily outside of his sovereignty and his providence currently, but it will be visible and made known to all those who believe and those who do not believe.
0: You know it's crazy, and I know that we are we are prone to be blinded by sin. But can you imagine the day when all the unbelievers? look and, and realize the kingdom has always been here and the God of the universe has always been sovereign. Like yeah. that day is going to be, a, that's a dreadful day.
1: Yeah. That, when you, when you yeah. see
0: this kingdom before and you're like, how did I miss it?
1: It's like having these glasses taken, like being taken off of you and you've seen for the first time mm. or having glasses put on and you actually see everything correctly for the first time.
0: Which, again, should give us an an eagerness to go and to share the gospel. Because I don't want anybody to experience that day, Absolutely. that day of dread. Yeah. It now, should
1: be a motivation for us to do that.
0: I'll let you go through that Colossians verse, and I'll go through the, the next one. All right. Um,
1: so Colossians, uh, really, I don't want to look at Colossians 1, uh, 19 and 20. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. This is Jesus. And through him, Jesus, to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And what we see is this this understanding that because of the work and in the work of Christ, that God, through Jesus, is reconciling everything to himself. He's bringing, and this idea of reconciliation is to bring something in right relationship with And so he's bringing people in right relationship with him. He's bringing creation in right relationship with him. Uh, And that one day he will make complete peace through his blood shed on the cross. That because of Christ's work on the cross and his resurrection, he is able to make full restoration of creation, including us Mm. um, who submit and believe. And the personal work of Jesus.
0: And I think that that right there is when we get to the root of why this article is mentioned in the Baptist faith message. At the end of the day we cannot have a kingdom conversation without mentioning the cross. You know so the cross in this is the climax of this kingdom advancing. If Christ doesn't die on the cross, if he doesn't resurrect from the dead, if he doesn't live the life that he claims that he lived and then then all this is in vain all this is for naught yep. you know and and the apostles writings and scripture like it can't be believed at that point so everything is banking on this kingdom advancing this kingdom coming and the the will of god uh coming to earth as it is in heaven is is all um banking on the aspect that Christ came to die for sinners Mm-hmm. and was resurrected from the dead, victorious over death in order to bring people back to himself. And ultimately, ultimately get to this part in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. This is what John the Apostle says. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had, been passed, had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is, is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Now, there's a few things I want to point out, and you can point out anything you want to in this passage as well but i want to point out in verse 3 and it's something that we've hit on throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole article today is that um it says then i heard a loud voice from the throne look god's dwelling is it with humanity mm-hmm. like the the kingdom um the consummation of the kingdom is 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 being renewed as things were back in the garden right god dwelling right. with people
1: yeah god's reign and god's place with god's people
0: yeah and and yeah. It, and 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 if about, if that phrase right there wasn't enough. He reiterates it and he says, and he will live with them or amongst them. Mm -hmm. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Mm -hmm. And so three different times in just two verses, John wants to reiterate, God will be there. Right. And um, I think that this is why I like the book of John so much, because now this is the book of revelation but i'm going back to the book of john in verse chapter 1 verse 14 when he says and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us like that idea that jesus being he pitched his tent right he he dwelt among us he was he was he's our resting place he is our place of worship he is our he is the cornerstone of this kingdom and here is the, the, the culmination of that, that all things are now made new. There's a new heaven, a new earth, and we get to be with King Jesus forever. And we get to reign with him.
1: And, and the beauty of it is that the personal work of Jesus allows for the kingdom to be redeemed instead of destroyed. And I think there's a, there's a part there that we understand that if Christ doesn't come and doesn't do what he does and offer salvation to us, then we are just simply objects of God's wrath. Mm. But because of what Christ has done, not only does he save our souls and, and being our substitute and taking on the wrath of God because of our sin, he also enables all of creation to be able to be redeemed. Mm. And for a for a kingdom to be made new, um, which is a way better story um, than I think uh, without, for sure. (laughs) Amen. Uh, And so I think that's a a good hope to believe in and a good hope to motivate us to ask ourselves, are there people who are close to us but far from God that do not know about this kingdom? And how beautiful of a story is it for them to be made aware of it and for them to begin to live their life in a way that's kingdom-minded? Amen. All right. That's going to wrap things up for us. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Exiles Pod, as well as private message us any questions you may want answered. You can also contact us with your questions by emailing us at TheExilesPod at gmail.com. We have a new podcast every Tuesday. And before you exit, be sure to leave a review and share this episode with your friends. Until next time,
0: peace. Bye now.
1: Bye now.